Welcome to Desert Island Books, a podcast about reading. I'm your host and resident librarian, Natalie Mason, from the Melbourne Library Service. Joining me is a special guest who will share their top three all-time favourite books. Sarah Bailey is the author of crime novels The Dark Lake and Into the Night. Her debut novel The Dark Lake is a bestseller in Australia, the USA and Canada, and probably 50 million other countries as well, as it should be. Uh, It won both the 2018 Davit Award for Best Crime Debut and the 2018 Ned Kelly Award for Best First Crime. Before she wrote The Dark Lake, Sarah worked in advertising as a business manager and looked after a beautiful cat. Sarah is working on her third book, which will be published in 2019, and I will try and ask for some secrets. Welcome to your Desert Island, Sarah. Oh, thank you. I'm delighted to be on the Desert Island today. Are you comfortable? I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah, it's nice, nice and warm. Way better than it is outside. Excellent. And you've got a stack of books with you. I do. It's like the perfect place. It's pretty much, I'm happy to be abandoned here for a long time. It's Excellent. Fine. Well, yeah. we can we can pick you up anytime you like and, <laughs> and deliver other supplies as required. Sounds good. Well, let's start talking about books and reading. I'm very thrilled to have you here today. Could you please reveal for me the title and author of book one? Okay, so I di- just quickly, I found this really difficult and I actually <laughs> listened to all of your other podcasts and thought to myself that if all of the other guests have hopefully left their picks, then at least there's actually like a little library on the desert island. So I'm just adding to the library as opposed to having to only bring three books to read for eternity. Um, that can because, be because a lot of their a lot of their picks were great, so I would de- be more than happy to read or reread those. Um, but in terms of the three that I sort of narrowed it down to, I, you know, favourite books is such a difficult concept, but I tried to pick books that um, just really had an effect on me when I read them. Hmm. Um, and I'm not um, sure if they would have the same effect on me if I read them clean now, um, but certainly all of them I really sort of felt quite, um, I sort of was reeling after I read them for different reasons. So that's sort of what I tried to base my criteria on. A solid criteria. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many books out there that I love. So, um, you know, c- could have just been the day that you got me that I picked these three. Um, so the first book that I picked is called Tully, um, which is by Paulina Simons, Um And I read this when I was probably about 16 or 17, I think. So it's not like I wasn't an avid reader already. I I, I have always read a lot of books and always really enjoyed reading. But there was something about this book that just I found so captivating. I think the character of Tully particularly was just um, sort of really mesmerising and I think it really, I wasn't writing a book at that point or anything like that, but I think it really laid out for me the importance of complexity of character to really pull you in. So Tully is is not a thriller. It's a, um, I guess, commercial fiction book, but it is quite epic in that it spans um, the course of this young girl's life from sort of a teenager through to when she's in her 30s, I think. Um, And it's really a story of sort of friendship, I guess, generational pain that's passed on and just sort of Mm. complex relationships that she has with her mother in particular, um, the person that she ends up marrying and then her two best friends. And it's just such a saga and um, saga in a sense, not like, you know, a, a sort of historical fiction novel saga, but just a really interesting portrait of a damaged 
person and how they try to make sense of the world um, as they grow up. And um, it's definitely the kind of character that I'm quite drawn to. So, mm. yeah, I've reread it, I would say, maybe six or seven times over the years, and I still really, really enjoy it. And I also find it um, still that really amazing, agonising kind of joy of reading it because it it is quite – I find it really sad. Like, I think it's a really sad book. But it is also got um, – a really great momentum to it. So it's not as if you're reading it and it's sort of slow and it's boring and sad. So I don't find the reading experience depressing, but you do get to the end and just think, oh, my God, it's just so tragic. Um, it is, and it, it, yeah. it um, the thing I like most about this book is the way it unravels. So as mm. a reader, I grow as much as Tully does, and she starts as a young woman and then she progresses into adulthood, and I haven't finished it yet, so no spoilers, <laughs> but sure. um, she progresses into, I guess, gro- grown grown womanhood yeah. um, and all the choices she makes along the way. And I think um, I think she's potentially written to be unlikable. There are lots of prickly parts to her. There are lots of parts to Tully... Um, potentially in the decision-making that she or the decisions that she makes. Mm-hmm. Um, or as a reader, you're like, come on, Tully, that is wrong. Like, that's not going to help. That's that's a bad choice or you could turn things around if you were doing things differently. But as readers, we don't get that. We don't get to make those choices. That's we right. just have to go along with the story. And I think that I've found Tully from the beginning to be endearing. Yeah, but I've read reviews of the book where people are like, she's rubbish, she's trash, she'll never be better and like really awful, yeah. awful character kind of um, assassinations of her. But I I find that she's growing and developing and as a reader for a character to be fully formed and, you know, to start fully formed and then to grow and learn as as the book goes on. Yeah. I'm I totally think, hooked. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I've had lots of conversations with people over the, over the years about this book and I tend to find that um, older people, you know, older women mainly who have read it will sort of be very dismissive of her and sort of say, oh, gosh, I just wanted to just wring her neck. She was such a pain. And I get that. Like I can see how frustrating and, and um, sort of irritating she might be perceived to be, but I just felt like you weren't sure what the right decision was in many of the sort of things that she came up against. And I think that, for me, is really great storytelling where you're right there with the character and you have such empathy for where they're at. And even if you would never behave the way that they do or that they're sort of thinking of behaving, you can really understand their plight and you have sort of empathy for, you know, the the kind of... um, the, the way that they're working through what they're going to do. And, I mean, I just particularly – I know you haven't finished it, but toward the end of this book there is just this kind of um, – it's almost like an exquisite agony of she's on the precipice of so many different things and you, you don't know which way it's going to go and you're sort of not really sure what the right decision is. I certainly got to the end of the book and, and felt like it had a resolution, but I wasn't convinced that she'd made the right call because you sort of – no one can really say. And mm. I think that's sort of um, – you know, with uh, with really good TV and movies as well, it's that thing where you make the decision you make now, but it's not really going to be until the end of your life that you look back and go, was that the best decision? Because it's not an instant gratification outcome often. That's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I just think the emotional journey that you go on in this story is is epic. And so I, I just always come back to it as being um, 
just an amazing fictional character that um, Paulina created, yeah. Yeah. The point you made about older women reading Tully, um, and, I, and you said you read it when you were younger, and I wonder if um, we, we connect with the character at the age that we're at. So if you're reading it as a young person, she starts off 15, 16, so you're instantly like, yes, I'm in high school as well and I can understand the absolute cement bonds of female friendship at that age and what it's like to interact with people that you're attracted to and all of that. But if you come at it sort of older and you start reading about a 15-year-old, it's easier to be dismissive of those choices because you're so far from that age. I think that's true. I think think there's definitely a match um, situation that goes on if you read a book and the character is sort of right in your wheelhouse mm-hmm. and sort of you're sort of, you know, in lockstep with them in terms of life milestones. Um, but I also think that sometimes, I mean, I know I had a funny conversation with someone once about Anna Karenina and they were so dismissive, just saying, oh, that idiot woman, you know, jumping ship like that. How, it was always going to end in drama and tragedy. I just, I find that book, I can't read it. It just makes me want to throw it against the wall. And I get it because obviously most people aren't going around blowing their lives up like that and it didn't end well. But I also think that, um, I don't know, I don't ever want to lose that empathy to have (laughs) someone that you can kind of go, okay, it wasn't the best decision, but I guess sometimes you just get swept up by something and that's just the way life is. Haven't you ever followed your heart down a dead end? Exactly. Ever in your life? I mean, Anna Karenina does it in a spectacular way. way. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, that's art really, Mm. isn't it? And that's, that's for us to read and explore Mm. and enjoy and examine and decide whether we want to make similar decisions. I think reading fiction gives us a great deal of empathy. Yeah, 100%. And um, I think sometimes you're just not in a um, patient place. So if if your life is in a certain kind of groove and and you're really um, happy in it or or not either way, I think you just sometimes can be a bit more dismissive of a fictional example of Mm. an alternative and, um, you know, you're just kind of not really wanting to let that in for whatever reason based on where you're at. And so I think teenagers reading books like this would certainly be a little bit more sympathetic because they're sort of still forming Mm. um, all of those sort of, I guess, understandings around what decision-making can lead to. So um, I don't know what the experience would be like reading it completely fresh like now. Um, but I've enjoyed every reread and I certainly don't have any less sort of sympathy for where Tully finds herself. So, yeah, I don't know. How old does she get towards the end of the book? I, I think she's in her mid-30s. Okay. So it does it's follow her for sort of 20 okay. years or so and um, and she does grow up, like you say, but it's – and you're really with her the whole time, which I think is a, is a testament to kind of how she maintained that, like, physical growth of a person throughout, you know, one book. Um because I think that's quite hard to do well. Um, but I certainly was, yeah, captivated the, the whole time. So, yeah, it's a really strong book for me. I just think it's a it stood the test of time. So, mm. yeah. It's and it's good. a debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A remarkable, epic, sprawling, huge book. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of pages. That's right. She wrote other books too. Um, she's written Many. a couple of historical series, which I never, ever got into at all. But I did like her other standalone books and thought they were also really... Um, well done and, you know, really interesting characters and premises. But for this, for, for me, this one was absolutely the standout. Thank you for making me read it. I'm going to finish it, I promise. You're welcome. I'm quite, <laughs> like I said, I'm quite hooked on it. <laughs> All right, so could you please reveal the title and author of book two? So book 
two is In the Woods by Tanner French, uh, who's an Irish crime writer. Uh, I think she was actually an actress before she took to writing. Um, and she's now written six books, and it's 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 a series, but it's a series in a really cool way that I may plagiarise at some point myself because what she's done is taken characters from each book and sort of sprinkled them through the rest of the series and the protagonists switch in terms of who you're actually spending time with. So the, sometimes the characters disappear altogether and other times they pop up in a more peripheral role and it just kind of continues on like that. But the series is based around the Dublin Murder Squad, which is a fictional um, assembly of people and, and work. Um, but but it, for the purposes of her book, it's perfect. Uh, and this was the first one in the series. And um, again, a debut. I don't think I knew much about this book when I read it. I think I just thought thought the cover looked amazing and it had this really cool like black pages that on the copy that I bought Hmm. and I read it sort of in this 48 hour frenzy and just loved it and I think what I loved about it was that it was a crime book and I read a lot of crime at the time this was probably in my early 20s I read this so I wasn't unfamiliar with the genre at all I really liked crime but I felt like this was taking crime to a totally different level so it was you know it was very smart it was very um, detailed it wasn't pacey and uh, manipulative in the way that I guess some of the more wham bam thrillers are which I really enjoy um, when I'm in the mood as well but this one just had this this crazy kind of slow burn to it that just felt like you, you dreaded what was going to happen, but in a good way. So you wanted to, you wanted to know, which is obviously at the heart of any crime novel. You wanted to know what happened, but far beyond that, you wanted to know what was going to happen to these characters, which mm. are the two detectives that you spend most of the time with, and then they kind of a third one joins their little um, duo. And um, I'm a bit of a sucker for relationships that are. Um, fraught and tricky and uh, in the book Rob Ryan who's the the lead detective on this homicide case and his partner Cassie Maddox um, they're sort of teamed up and you know they're sort of they're best friends and it's such a beautiful friendship slash relationship and you really want to want to protect it as a reader like yeah. I think I just fell in love with both of them but I also fell in love with them sort of as a as a duo and as they work the case, um, it becomes really complicated and puts them under a lot of pressure. And I just found the way that she so masterfully wove all of those different elements of the book together just so impressive. Um, a lot of people don't like the ending to this book, um, which I can completely understand. It's the biggest criticism I've seen in reviews of it is that people are just left feeling so ripped off. Mm. But I actually really liked that about it too because I sort of put the book down and just felt like I'd been smacked over the head with a brick. Like it was such a sort of um, onslaught of emotions. It was It's a really powerful book for me. And, again, characters were so realistic. I... Mm-hmm. you know, was upset about what had happened in the book. Like I felt really sad and um, I think for days I was a bit like, oh, what's making me feel sad? Oh, that's right, it's that book. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. So um, I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite drawn to 
Shakespearean kind of betrayals and just tragic missteps where sliding doors totally screw people around mm-hmm. and they end up in a different situation than what I think everyone wanted them to end up in. So um, that book's got all of that. <laughs> With a, with a crime at the centre, which is actually also really, really compelling. So I it, really like that. It is a terrible crime, um, but it's one of those ones that you need to know what happened. Yes. Just yep. to have a, some sort of resolution. Yeah. Um, so Rob Ryan, that, that lead detective, um, he, okay, so in, my, in the film that was made in my brain while I was reading it, he's David Tennant yep. in Broadchurch. Yep. It's definitely got Broadchurch vibes Um, for me. I remember when I first watched Broadchurch, I think my first thought was, oh, my goodness, this is so much like Tanner French's books. Yeah. Um, Just that that really unsettling uh, mood that she creates, you know, out of words. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that from the first page you're kind of like, okay, this is a special book. Yeah. Um, And she's also very... um, you know, she does it. Her writing is 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 tight and and so um, amazing, but she does. It's quite flowery and it does kind of. Um, it's quite generous. It's not. It's not sort of really short and punchy. And I don't know. I think sometimes that is the kind of book that I like to read, and mm. I, I I like switching between different um, styles. But with her, you always know if you sort of settle down with one of her books, it's sort of this. Uh, it's something to be enjoyed and to be sort of. Um, not necessarily rushed because no, it's, it's it's it is quite luxurious in the way she writes. Yeah, yeah. it's like literary crime. Yeah, it's really it's different. I find her yeah. work really different from other people's crime. Yeah. yeah, it's not Lee Child, which is just like plot, 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 yeah. plot, plot, and yeah. hits you over the head, which is great when you're in the mood for a just distract me from everything. Yes. Let's just go on an epic adventure. Hundred percent. Yeah. This um. Yeah, you kind of have to dive in. I think with this stuff, it's almost like you get quite um, immersed in it. And so, if you, I find if I read one of her books, I really do almost take a while to shake myself out of it because you've been like under, you know. Yeah. So it is immersive. Um, yeah, it's not, about so, that. it's not sort of a quick, plain read where you can sort of keep moving for the person next to you to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. This is almost like settle in with a book, uh, settle in on a chair with a with a coffee or tea or whatever, and sit there for hours. Yeah. So, which is great, I think. Rob Ryan starts the book by telling us the readers that he lies. Yes. He does say that. You know, there are things that you will read in my account of what happened and they won't necessarily be what happened. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's um, one of the great unreliable narrators. Yes. Um, but what I also thought perhaps that she did with him that I really was drawn to is that often I think with male characters they aren't necessarily given as much depth as some of the female characters tend to be. Um, but you really spend time in his consciousness in this book and so you are absolutely aware of um, what he's thinking and why he thinks he's thinking and even when he doesn't really quite know himself. So I really liked that. I thought he's so layered and, again, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm really attracted to good characters that are doing bad things and then bad characters that are sort of trying to do sometimes good things so that you, you're quite thrown. You sort of, like, can't work out if someone's good or bad or maybe they're just a bit of both and I think Rob and Cassie in this book and then the third detective that joins their trio they've all got something to bring to that dynamic and so yeah Sam so it's really 
the tension from not just the case, which is really, really brutal, but also just their dynamic and the tension between them is like it is so deliciously drawn. It's, uh, yeah, it's really addictive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've read all of her books uh, apart from the new one that's just about to come out this month, I think. The Witch Plan. Yes, that one. But like the witchy with the striped tights. Yeah. Not like yeah, yeah. Witch, witch is witch <laughs> kind of plan. And um, they're all, I think they're all excellent, but I, this one is definitely my favourite because I just think that the way that um, Rob's story merges with the crime itself is really, um, really clever and it just ha- for me it was a bit more compelling than some of the other ones which started to take on a slight magical realism bent and I, I could never quite get into that as much as as I could with this one. Well, maybe The Witch is Yeah, I'm not sure. Go I, I, I mean, I'll definitely read it because I think she's an incredible writer, but, um, yeah, not sure. There I do like the straighter stuff, I think. Yeah, there is an undercurrent of the supernatural in... Um, in the woods. Yes, it's just not as over. Because of the yeah. archaeological dig, yes. that is the site where the where the body was discovered. So there are elements of was this sort of like a druid, like yes. you, you kind of, it's She a does throwback. that, I think. She sort of has this, she uses the Irish landscape yeah. in that way where I think you, you come to it with a bit of a view that maybe it's a little bit magic sometimes and she sort of plays on that, I think. Um, but in this book, it's a little bit, it's kept quite at the surface, whereas some of her other books, it gets a little bit more sort of, um, it's a bit more manipulative, I felt, in terms of explaining things away. And I, I just, I yeah, couldn't quite engage as much as I could with this one. Shall we dive into the third book? Could you please reveal sure. the title and author of book three? Yeah, and I think this is a bit controversial because you're not a fan of this one. So. I need you to convince me yeah. why I liked it because <laughs> I have read this one. Yeah, okay, so... Um, Last year, I read Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney, the sort of um, the up-and-coming hottest thing uh, of all time, if you listen to some people that have been talking recently. And I, I definitely, again, had not a lot of expectations going into this book. Same. I think my publisher may have sent me a copy. And um, I just, I don't know what happened, but I just com- was completely captivated by the writing. Mm itself, which was almost like reading a really, really long poem, but in a good way. Um, It was simple writing. It wasn't highbrow, but it was just like different from, it was a really different style for me. Um, It's, I do read pretty broadly, but I felt like she tapped into something that was just um, really unusual whilst being really accessible. So easy, easy to read. Um, but also I think, again, like there's a bit of a pattern here, that exquisite kind of agony that she managed to um, have you bear witness to as a reader mm. where you were just sort of watching these people's lives unfold and sort of thinking, oh, God, like I don't even know what the right decision that you need to ma- be making at this point, but all the options feel bad, all everything feels high stakes how are you sort of coping? It's so stressful. But yet at the same time, it was just kind of day-to-day life. So it's got, I just think um, with crime, obviously that's all I've really written, it's quite easy to make the stakes high because there's normally, you know, death and danger around the corner. So it's not it's not that, that hard to create circumstances that are quite sort of dangerous and, and stressful and dramatic. Whereas what I thought she did so incredibly well was she had me kind of on the edge of my seat in a way, but yet it wasn't because 
anyone was in real danger. Yeah. It was just this sort of like dramatic relationship roller coaster that I was really stressed about and I still don't know what I wanted to have happen at the end. So I sort of I came to the end of the book thinking I sort of know what the rational thing that she should do is, but oh, I don't know because deep down I'm worried that what if what if that was supposed to be the the thing that she did. It was a little bit like that fate versus, you know, you make your own luck. Yeah. And I wasn't sure. I, I was really um, torn for her. So um, basically in the book there's this young um, protagonist called Frances and her best friend Bobby, uh, who's a girl, and they were in this relationship and now they're just friends, which is also a really interesting sort of premise for a female friendship and I haven't really read a whole lot of books that sort of focus on that type of um, dynamic and they are really good friends and their friendship is really interesting and imperfect but supportive and I think quite realistic and it's confusing Mm. and it's modern and they're sort of really trying to navigate who they are and what it's all about and then they befriend this this married couple who are sort of 10 years older I think. Mm Mm-hmm who are very sort of charismatic um, for different reasons. And Francis begins an affair with the married guy. And it's just, I don't know, like at every turn you sort of, you like you like one of the four, you don't like one of the four. One of them does something that surprises you in a good way and then one of them does something that surprises you in a bad way. It's It really is a roller coaster. Um but I sort of found myself as I was reading it, um, looking around, you know, just walking around in the streets or whatever within, when I was, you know, having a break from it and thinking everyone walking past me could be having this exact same saga going on and I would have no <laughs> idea because there's not obvious stuff. It's all, no. it was all internal. It was all so much angst and drama and heartache. Um, and again, maybe a little bit like Tully, I kind of wonder if, uh, you know, if I don't, if my mum read it, for example, whether or not she might just be like, oh, I've got no patience for these people. They all just need to settle down and stop being sort of so um, ridiculous, possibly. Um, but I just still have a huge amount of empathy for people that don't know what the right call is to make. And um, I just thought Frances was a really awkward, um, interesting prickly but fascinating character and quite different from a lot of other sort of characters I've spent time with. So, yeah, I haven't read Sally Rooney's uh, newest book, Normal People, but um, I was having an online discussion yesterday with someone who said that it reminds them of Donna Tartt's The Secret History, right? which was the other book that I was almost going to put into this little desert island suitcase. So um, I'm sold already on that and I'll definitely read that as well. So It was long listed for the main yeah, book of this year. it was. I'm really Missed excited out. to read it too. Yeah. I don't um, I don't write off authors if I don't like a novel. It's yeah, well, what, what didn't novel. you like about it? Um, and I'm, I'm trying so hard to um, maintain my integrity while I explain this to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I say... You know, why, why do I read crime when at the heart of it is is death and suffering? Yep. Why do I take pleasure in reading those sorts of stories? I, yeah, sure. And I don't know the answer to that. Um, I just like a good story well told, but there's also, you know, it, it's triggering, right? Reading yes. crime is not is not always relaxing. No. Um, and so I want to read about people and I like people. And this book is essentially about four people yeah. who are navigating their way in the world, just like I have as a human person, you know, making good decisions, bad decisions. But I think 
I think the thing that kind of hit me over the head and made me think, oh, I should stop reading this is young woman, old man affair. Boring. Like, oh, come on. But then how many people just get murdered and I'm like, oh, but who did it? Yeah, yeah. You see? So my integrity is like flapping in the breeze right now in shreds. But I... I, 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 I can't put my finger on why I found this book tedious. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that it is, it's beautifully written. There, yeah. are, there are poems in the book. There are the, um, Francis and Bobby are performance, are p- yeah. performance poets. And so there's a lot of theatrics involved in the book. Don't they go to the south of France and hang out on a beach they like, do, with yeah. like <laughs> languid lunches and there's only one car that drives them into town to buy a baguette with a... Yeah. I I think I like what you said about the um, sort of stereotypical predictability of that relationship and that made you roll your eyes probably and then just sort of go, oh, I'm done with this. But for me, there was something different about it in that um, even though she's younger, even though he's married and older, uh, she was such an unlikely person to catch his eye. That's right. And I think it meant, therefore, that their relationship seemed to have depth that was beyond just that kind of really obvious sort of slight midlife crisis, a bit bored of your marriage. Oh, look, there's a pretty young thing because in a way she's so gangly and awkward and um, odd. Yeah, she's very awkward. She's yeah, very and he's sort of, I think he's almost trying to work out why the hell he's so into her. Well, he's her. like a soapy yeah. TV star and I think that's he, very yeah, polished. That's right. So they don't belong together. Yeah, in, and that's what worked sense. for me because I agree if it had just been a straight sort of like, oh, please, this is such a trope, you know, how are we possibly building a story around this? But it was different enough and then I think because of her relationship with Bobby having been actually romantic and then flipping into a friendship but still obviously having this codependent kind of pull on each other, mm. um, the, the that weird foursome just was able to be mined for however many pages and yeah. not be boring. So... Um, yeah, I, de- I definitely think it's a book that a lot of people would not have time for. I, I, I can I can think of a lot of people in my life that would just be like, no, nah, this is not. I'm not interested in this at all. Um, but for me, like I, I really I finished it and I was sort of just a bit unsure what to do with myself, which is always for me the sign of a book that's kind of transcended. Just oh, that was a good read. To I will never forget that book. So yeah, um, yeah it, it did hit me a bit. I thought it was really incredibly well sort of managed the way she managed that story so yeah I think she's definitely impressive writer to to watch obviously yeah I agree I absolutely agree about the writing Mm. and I agree about the characters um and the development of those characters and how odd the pairings were yeah um and I read this around the same time as Asymmetry have you read that one no, so I know I've, I can picture the cover in my head, but yeah, no, I it's I think it's black and white yeah. and, or grey, and it's got yellow dots on it. Um, and that's another like much older man with a younger woman. Yeah, right. And I think I read them close together. <laughs> and you were like, I'm done. I'm so <laughs> done. Please, I need a dead body washed up on a shore. Like somebody, please. Well, people do- just need to stop doing it in real life so that it's not so stereotypical in fiction. You know, that would, well, be, that would be good. <laughs> but what does that say about crime? Look, it's I fine. think we need another podcast uh, identifying why we read what we read. Oh, I've got so many more books we can talk about as well. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> I heard on the grapevine that there's one particular book that nearly missed your top three, which is um, and, you know, no one's ever asked me what I would take to my desert island, but I, this book potentially would be on the top ten list that I would have to whittle down from. Okay. Um, can we talk about The Godfather by oh, Mario Puzo? Of course. Of course we can. Okay. Um, 
So I think what you're referring to is the fact that I read it when I was really, really young. Uh, I was about nine. So, of course, it was going to have an impact on me because my eyes were just like, what is this insane book and all of the stuff that's going on in it? Well, the rest of us are reading Roald Dahl uh, yeah. around nine. <laughs> Which is actually quite dark as well. Oh, it's very dark. But probably not quite as uh, saucy as it's this It's not ones. exactly a Sicilian kind of mafia family that are no, knocking people off left, right and centre. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was just it was it was a book that was on my book, bookshelf at home, and my parents were really strict with with pretty much everything else. But books were sort of kind of like open slather, so I, I read it, and um, yeah, I just loved it. I I I mean, I loved it probably because it was so shocking. I remember, I mean, there's images that are literally seared into my brain, like the horse head and stuff like that, which I think I just couldn't even fathom was something that someone had come, come up with. Mm. Um, but just that, um, again, that family dynamic, the saga nature of it, the fact that it was so complicated, um, these characters seemed so real and larger than life and outrageous. Um, I was so in love with Sonny. Um, he Sonny's was just, like the least likely one. I know, How did but he I don't, as a nine-year-old girl, I obviously just thought he was he was the one and then obviously he really wasn't. Um but, he, has a yeah. sh- he has a short time. Yeah, he has a short but good time. Um, <laughs> he does. But yeah, I just it just it blew my mind. I think, and so I still actually I don't. I've reread it when I was a teenager, and I've not reread it since. I have no idea what I would think of it now. I um, would highly recommend it. Yeah, maybe it I should book, give it a go. I don't reread much. The yeah. Life is so short, and how many books have so I not many, read? So right? many books to read. Yeah, yeah, but that is one that I do dip in and out of from time okay. to time. I saw the movie for the first time a year or two ago. Maybe. I I should give it another read. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, I've seen the movie, um, which I which I also you know loved. Um, but yeah, I just I think, of course, I'd never read anything like it when I first read it. Yeah. But even <laughs> even looking back now, I think such a bolshy, like explosive, crazy um, world, and it's that thing where you know they're all horrible people when you really kind of get down to it. But 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 you, it's so, they're so endearing for different reasons. You love them all. Um, and I like that. I like that, you know, it's sort of like The Wire, I suppose, where you're sort of on both sides really because the good guys are kind of bad sometimes and the bad guys are really quite lovable. And you can you can really sort of, I guess, totally invest in that world and know that it's not quite got the right rules of morality that would happen in, in your world, but that's okay. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a crazy ride, which is a bit of fun. And we read to escape sometimes. Totally. Yeah, especially when you're nine. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, the fact that you read it when you were nine is bonkers. But anyway, I kind of love it. It's made you made you the woman you are maybe, today. Maybe. Oh, God, maybe. <laughs> um, what are you reading at the moment? Uh, I'm reading a um, f- book that my friend's written, actually. So um, she's uh, an author in Melbourne called Sarah Miles, and she's just written a book called The Wolf Hour, which is based in Africa. And it's sort of a. Um, she said herself that it's um, it's a little bit crime, but probably more of a literary sort of um, thriller. Um, so that's I've only just started that, but that's um, I'm really liking that so far. And I've just finished um, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng, which I absolutely loved. Um, I wasn't sure if I would love it, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. It reminded me a lot of. Um, the Virgin Suicides yes. and Middlesex. Yes. Like, I think that is Jeffrey Jeffrey Genities, yeah. I really thought that there was a – she captured a similar vibe. Yeah, it's a mood, isn't it? Yeah, totally a tone and a mood and you could just 
absolutely feel yourself in that suburban kind of neighbourhood. Yep. Um, a little bit like Tully, like in yeah, that you're sort of following these people around. It's a suburban and, malaise and it's kind of like a yep. teenage. It's like teenagers and it's also like wading through treacle or something. Like it's kind of. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, does that make sense? Totally makes sense to yeah. me, and I love when there's intergenerational um, mm-hmm. impact. Yep. That sometimes it's invisible, sometimes it's really obvious, um, and you sort of have got that omnipresent sort of view where you're able to see the train wreck coming, but you don't quite know how it's going to veer off course. So you you definitely there for the whole show. Um, but I always feel that people are so clever when they almost tell you what's going to happen and you're still so compelled to to see exactly how. So you've got that sense of dread. I just, I, I don't, I sort of really um, admire that and feel quite jealous about that skill. So I always like reading books that, that are sort of set up that way. Yeah, and she's a very skilled writer. Yeah, I yeah. loved her first book too, but I definitely was I felt much more drawn to this one yep. on, on sort of balance I think so. this one's less dark yeah not so crime no just and really those characters are yeah great and I thought I think she did an amazing job with those characters so yeah, yeah. it's been a good it's been a good reading year <laughs> excellent and there's more to come yeah I'm sure thank you so much for joining me on your island oh thanks for having works. me on my island <laughs> <laughs> you're it's welcome been, it's been really nice <laughs> All right, you can read this episode's show notes, including a list of all the books we have discussed on our Goodreads page, and you can find that on the library website at www.melbournelibraryservice.com.au and simply look for the Read page. I'd love to hear what you're taking to your desert island. Tweet at Library with the hashtag Desert Island Books and let me know the books that you simply cannot live without. You can download previous Desert Island Books episodes in your favourite podcasting app, at SoundCloud or iTunes, simply search for Melbourne Library Service. That's it for today. Happy reading!